Alright, hey and welcome to another episode of Observer Report. I am one of your hosts, Jason Simmons. Sitting across from me as always, Jack Smith. Hello. And this is the show where we watch things and we tell you how we feel about them. And this is another week where we watched a little bit and we're going to tell you a lot about it. Oh, I like it. Yeah, that's... That was a that was solid. It was solid. It was clean. It was not muddy and messy like the last episode was. I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to apologize for, my friend. <laughs> Go for it. You watched a bit more than I did, so you, you should start off a little bit. Um, I watched something that we talked about uh, last episode. Uh, that I finally got to go to theaters and see. Mm. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. Yay! I greatly enjoyed this movie. It Yay! Was... Me too heartwarming and heartbreaking yes um of course um you know for those that don't know jojo rabbit being the story uh focusing on a young boy growing up in nazi germany um who himself is just a german boy that has been indoctrinated with all the uh propaganda of nazi germany at the time and him coming to terms with that and getting over that and learning how to be a person yeah (laughs) like it's it's a really good coming of age story um i was blown away with all the performances in it like for sure um roman griffin davis who plays jojo so charming it's It's like so sweet it's like they shrunk simon peg down (laughs) into (laughs) child size i can see that and just told him to go like he's really really good um, he, he, they put a lot of, uh, work on that kid's shoulders mm, and yeah. he's able to handle it really, really well. The like naive charm yeah. of him is so sweet mm-hmm. and like charismatic and he has such a cute little face. Oh, you just immediately feel for him and his little friend oh with God. the glasses. I want my child I to be will- Archie adopt that child on the spot he's so cute and he's so sweet and the two of them i just want a story about them having a lovely sunshiny summer together and building forts and whatnot it's like they struck nick frost down into (laughs) child size it made them both extremely innocent (laughs) yes uh yorkie who's played by archie yates is just like so hilarious always so upbeat and positive so smiley he's the smiliest (laughs) little hitler youth you ever seen like they draft him into the army and he's wearing like a (laughs) paper outfit and he's like well i'm a colonel now so (laughs) Doesn't he like fire off some kind of like big? Yes, he fires like a, like a thing? rocket propelled grenade from like his shoulder <laughs> at like a tank, and he goes like flying. Oh god, he's so cute. Um, and uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, who plays uh, the girl, she's great. Um, that's hiding in the uh, in in the walls. Mm. She plays a Jewish girl. Um, she is awesome. Yes, she's like so strong and willful and charming and funny. Mm. For a second, I was like, is this Tom Holland's sister? They look very, very similar to me. <laughs> like I can kind of see that. Yeah. I was just very like they're like I didn't know he had a sister. That's cool. <laughs> like, it's just him in a wig. <laughs> <laughs> also, entirely possible. <laughs> like upon like her first like two encounters with um with Jojo, where she's like so fast and like you know, and just is able to just completely run around him in circles like mentally and in every other way possible like i just felt like i hope he likes her i hope like he yeah. gets a crush on her 
And you can see her realizing what his deal is and being like, oh, here we go. And like yeah. messing with him just enough to put him in his place a little bit. Yes. But also being very sweet. It yes. is like a interesting like re- sibling relationship that they have going on. Like, yeah. From her perspective, from him, him, he's like, oh, she's the love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scarlett Johansson is amazing in this movie. She was so... I just use the word charming a lot because I find that it really kind of describes this movie well. She was so charming and lovable and you just root for her both because of her morals and because she just seems like such a sweet, wonderful mom. Like, to me, this is the best acting she's ever done in anything. I agree. I was... I feel like because she... They started her out as like... her In her career as like a sultry seductress. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's taken so much for her to get out of that, which it's like, I'm sure she's tired of. Yeah, either like when her early stuff was like seductive or like, you know, young ingenue. Yeah. Or Girl in Terror, as we've seen in uh, Eight-Legged Freaks. Um, <laughs> but she's come such a far away to, <laughs> <laughs> to being like, um, and like I wrote down, like she's just vibrant and smart and courageous yeah. and motherly and funny. Yeah. Like the scene where in which she's having an argument with her son mm. at the dinner table mm. and like she becomes like his dad for a second there like she blew my mind it's like i didn't know you had that in the back pocket like i didn't know you had that ability like she's really good in this and i would like if she got nominated for like an oscar or something like that i mean it'd be great but i don't know if that'd be the case but she was amazing in this um spoilers coming up um when you see him just kind of following it was following a butterfly or something right yeah when you see her shoes it's hanging there fucking heartbreaking and like that's oh um, and you knew it was gonna be coming yeah you knew it was just a matter of when it's like oh. amazing direction on taika Waititi's part yeah of like setting up the shots and the frames of just like you know introducing her several times like you know by just like her feet walking into right, frame right, right. like you know like just like jojo's eye level yeah and it's like oh cool like nice like we consistently like see that as her entrance mm. um and then when they show her her again and he realizes that his mother is dead oh. like hung for like you know crimes against the, the state yeah as, as she was acting as a freedom fighter like it introduced in the same way like her feet hanging mm-hmm. there next to his head and it's just like oh my god like it's shocking and terrifying and just yeah it conveys the horror of it but it doesn't like indulge in like the grotesque kind of of like showing faces too much and everything you are hit so hard by that because of how much you like that character and everything leading up to it that they don't they show like a farther away shot and you don't need anything more than that you it hits you they still maintain like that this is all from the perspective of a child right you know, they're not showing you, like, the, the utter grossness mm. of a war and situation like that. Mm. Although they do show you, like, very serious parts of it. Right. Like, and that's not to say it doesn't go all the way. That it doesn't show you the reality or the horror of it. You it feel, does. You feel the emotions that are mm-hmm. meant to be conveyed by things that are often much more grisly. For sure. But, yeah, without getting too into it, which is kind of appreciated. Because we've all seen that. Not that it shouldn't be shown, but... It's right what they do for this movie. I think like a good comparison is like um, Pan's Labyrinth, mm. where in which it is still like a war from a, from a perspective of a child, right. um, whereas Pan's Labyrinth is considerably more graphic in what mm. it shows you. Oh, um, 
this Jojo Rabbit steps a bit further back mm-hmm. in insofar as like still conveying that horror, but not being as graphic. And it's still very brightly colored yeah. and everything because it is still as horrifying as that time was. There was still life. There mm-hmm. was still the day to day. And I saw an interview with, um, of course I did because it's all I do with most of my free time, um, <laughs> with Taika YCT um, about how, he did want color and stuff in there because it was true to the time. So it was kind of nice to see, usually those war movies have pretty dark palette, understandably so. So it was nice to see kind of a much more brighter um, film that's injected with life, despite everything kind of going on. Like the costuming, like Scarlett Johansson dresses wonderfully throughout it, you know, like the way their home is decorated Mm -hmm. and stuff is very bright. And yeah. And there was one scene that was just hilarious to me, just visually is when they make Jojo go through the city, like, hanging posters mm-hmm. for scrap metal, but they dress him as, like, a robot. <laughs> like, a little, a little boy robot wandering through the city. And it's, like, very funny and cute. And then you see other, other boy kids? robots. And that <laughs> made me laugh so hard. It's just, like... There's no reason for it. <laughs> it's, like, it's unnecessary. But very funny and colorful and, yeah. like, very much, like, part of the humor of the movie. Yeah. And, like... You know, Taika Waititi, of course, uh, plays Hitler in it, and he's mm-hmm. very funny. Mm-hmm. And immediately in the first two minutes of the film, they show you, like, well, this is what indoctrination does to kids. Yeah. Like, this is how fascism works, and this is how, like, you know, it brainwashes you and gets into your head. And, like, wow, it, it hits at home really hard right off the bat. Um, but you can also, like, understand where those kids are coming from yeah. that's the only opinion you're getting yeah. and all these people you look up to are into it then like yeah of course you're gonna be into it it's like the only opinion they're getting and any other opinion would equal death yeah like his mother is obviously against this and like wants to tell her kid every day to scream it in his face like yeah. no this is all wrong this is like against everything that you know is right but she has How, to play that game and she has to be part of the game otherwise if she says something if he says something to somebody else mm-hmm. they're all dead yeah um the girl that she's trying to protect is dead like it's just you know it's a very dire circumstance Mm -hmm. but there were some things i didn't know in like you know looking further into the movie that it was one based on a book Mm -hmm. um called cage skies um written by a new zealand uh jewish woman oh i didn't know that um and also i didn't realize that taika watiti himself is jewish i did not know that i learned that recently (laughs) in an interview (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i was like oh that's really cool like um and yeah like the context and just all 100 percent there it was just well done and gorgeous and awesome and yeah definitely go and see this i don't know if it's gonna be like in the oscar golden globe seasonal buzz should be but it should be it's so good it really should be i mean like if you are a fan of taika watiti's works um whether it's like thor ragnarok or Mm -hmm. you know hunt for the wilder people like this is in the same vein of like telling a very sensitive story well not thor ragnarok but (laughs) (laughs) or just uh if you just kind of like quirky comedies yeah you would like it for sure um what were your thoughts on sam rockwell he was amazing and hilarious and like i loved him and alfie allen like yes, yes, yes. together and it's like it's i was like well i think i think you guys are together yeah <laughs> like but it just it's interesting that like these outcasts yeah. like you know are just kind of all stuck together in this town doing something that they obviously don't want to do yeah but that's just the nature of the world they live in. They and they're all just have to. silently rebelling in their own ways. Yeah. And then at the end, when during like the big fight scene, um, when earlier they had shown like their uniforms and how they wanted to make yeah. them, and then you 
see them in their uniform like with costumes. feathers and capes and it was like so amazing <laughs> it made it was a very silly thing but it was just nice in the midst of all this fighting and craziness to see this hilarious thing happen yeah and then to see sam rockwell like sacrifice himself basically for jojo jojo because he didn't want to be there he was basically like a grown-up jojo in a way just like oh you poor thing you got stuck in this shitty situation too (laughs) yeah and like um uh, i think i showed great restraint in talking about this movie and not making one reference to uh, jojo's bizarre adventure (laughs) (laughs) good job jason (laughs) i'd like to pat myself on the back for that one and you should too, listener. Uh, you made it a whole 13 minutes. 13 minutes. Didn't say a damn thing. Uh, but anyway. Um, and Stephen Merchant's uh, little cameo there. Was yeah. Fun. Playing a villain. Um, a very smiling and nice one. Yeah. But a villain nevertheless. Um, yeah. They're always polite. Like, always polite. Mm-hmm. Which is even more menacing. Yeah. And um, again, in an issue. Oh, I, it was like a New York Times, I think, when they do like a notes on a scene type of thing. Mm-hmm. It was Stephen Merchant and Taika Waititi. And they were talking about that scene where he, uh, Stephen Merchant goes into the house. And to make Stephen Merchant's character even like more, more looming scarier, <laughs> they literally had him like stand on like a box or something Great. to make him even taller so that the height disparity between him and Sam Rockwell was that much more. Mm-hmm. Which I believe. I was like, oh, wow. Like, he's freaking tall. I mean, he, he is, is freaking like tall. six foot seven. So, like, it makes sense. But it was great. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so glad you loved it. I did, too. Yeah. And again, yeah. If you're out there, if, you leave, if you're in earshot of this, see Jojo Rabbit. But what else did you see? Um, so, I saw, I'm not going to say the opposite of it. Um, I watched The Farewell with Aquafina. Oh, okay. A movie I knew would make me cry. I was very much looking forward to that. Yes. Um... Not your crying, but the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All I live for is your tears. I rejoice in your sadness. <laughs> yeah, drink it up. <laughs> um, really, I just saw it because of Aquafina, and seeing her, um, I always see her as Aquafina, the comedian and like the silly person. She so gets... to see her as Aquafina, the actress, I was taken aback by a how good her acting was and be how pretty she is oh "Oh." she was like there's shots of her just like walking down the road and like kind of they're kind of close to her face i was like oh she's so pretty (laughs) Um, it's like there's like wind blowing in her hair it's Mm -hmm. beautiful um so it's about um aquafina is the granddaughter of this matriarch in the family um who lives in china and you find out that aquafina actually grew up uh, spent a decent portion of her childhood there right um and then her parents moved to america um and they find out that the grandma is dying um her, her grandma's name or they call her nai nai um so you find out that nai nai is dying and so under the pretense of um one of her cousins getting married the whole family goes to spend what they think is going to be like the last you know, a couple of weeks of Nai Nai's life with mm-hmm. her. Um, and they, the family doesn't want to tell her because they're like, what's the point? Like, what if she kills herself just because she's so depressed and blah, blah, blah. So why not just let her live her life happily, kind of in ignorant bliss? Mm-hmm. Um, and that really tears up Aquafina and she's kind of morally opposed to it. 
And so it's just about kind of the family dynamics and her getting to spend time with her grandma. Um, and it was, it's usually not the type of movie I watch because it's kind of like a slower drama. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if it was actually a bit slow, excuse me, in the middle, or if it's just me. <laughs> Because I'm just like, ah, where's Gerard Butler shooting a gun? (laughs) Um, But overall, I enjoyed it. Um, And I did cry. Jason, I cried so hard that it was a little kid crying. It was like, oh, my God. (laughs) I've got to catch your breath. Oh, (laughs) Oh it was. Lord. And that is not a spoiler because it's not what you expect to happen doesn't. I don't know. The things you expect may not exactly happen. Right. Fair. Um, but I think it just like poked a little part of me emotionally that I wasn't expecting. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, my grandma. And I just <laughs> lost my mind to the point that I was going to watch another thing after it. But I was like, I got I to gotta go to bed. And I just had to go to bed because I was emotionally spent. <laughs> and I'm physically spent from my hard sobbing. My God. Like, I, you know, 100% expected it to be a great movie. But, like, to just be emotionally exhausted after having watched it. And it's not a long movie. It's like an hour and a half, no, right? It's, I think it's also extra poignant, A, as an Asian woman, even though I'm not really Chinese. B, just, like, me and my relationship with my grandma. So it might be very specific to, certain, like women and grandmas or something mm-hmm. but um so i don't know i would love if it made you cry <laughs> i don't see why it wouldn't like it sounds but, like it has um, all the elements there for it but um but yeah so it was really touching and um um at one point they're all walking and they're staring into the camera mm-hmm and it was very interesting. It was just probably like eight or ten of them, like walking and literally just staring at you. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're complicit in the lie. And you're just like, oh, oh no, jeez. Now I'm part of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are, are we going to tell Nine Nine guys? I feel like we should tell Nine Nine. Um, but uh, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it overall. But it's it seems like such a very interesting premise, and like definitely one that's relatable. I think to everyone, absolutely. Less so, like even. Outside of the fact of like a relative dying or passing mm. away or being on their deathbed, like the idea of family or yes. cultural norms, like, you know, imposing upon your own personal morality mm. and like being complicit in something that you aren't necessarily 100% there for, but that you know you may be the right thing, perhaps. And like you want to respect people's culture and stuff. It is yeah. an interesting glimpse into Chinese culture and stuff, too. It was really um, fun and interesting to see that um i think it's worth a watch i absolutely wanted to see it um busyness and time didn't allow me to and i knew i would cry so i didn't want to go into a theater and stop in front of strangers (laughs) and potentially scare them did you uh rent it yep rented it on itunes okay i've been waiting for it to come out so i was excited when it was rentable and aquafina as a dramatic actress like she was great like i'm not even like questioning that she had the ability to do that like 100 like on board like hell yeah she could do this shit yeah but um yeah i mean i think for so long she was known as like a a comedian like a funny person like in films and also like you know a rapper as well yeah yeah, but to see her like you know come into her own truly and not just be the funny friend or like part of a team and just like really just like have the film in our leading role like Mm. was sounds like a very cool thing and something i want to see and it's i think she's probably close to our age or oh yeah like like so pretty much i think exactly our age probably so it's fun to see someone 
I guess, kind of appear, mm-hmm. kind of track her career. It's cool to be like, oh, man, look at you go. That's yeah, amazing. For sure, because it felt like she's just recently been doing like really big things. Yeah, and I mean, I think um, um, like Crazy Rich Asians, where she plays kind of a crazy character, um, and then Ocean's 8, where she's kind of a silly Billy. Both the same summer, too. Yeah, so it's an interesting evolution to watch. For sure. And I'd love to see her in more kind of dramatic stuff. And it was, there were some funny parts to this movie, too, I should say. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I want to see her in more leading roles. Totally. And more people like her. Like, give the second bananas leading roles, okay? Like, they're, they're certainly able to do it. And not to say that she's just a second banana. She's obviously not. Mm-mm. Like, the give supporting characters leading roles. Craig Robinson talking to you, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Stop letting them put you in a, the, the, the supporting guy role. Yeah, he is always in the supporting guy role. You're right. Like, only one movie I can think of where he was, like, the lead character in uh, Meet the Peoples, which was just uh, Meet the uh, Parents for Black People. Um, (laughs) And it was good. It was fine. It was, like, him, David Allen Greer, like, a lot of fun. But more. More for him. Wait, who played his girlfriend or wife or whatever in that movie? I forget. I think Gabrielle Union, but I'm not 100% sure. I feel like I started to watch it, and then I wasn't able to finish it for some reason. Maybe it was on a plane. That it's a total play movie. Yeah, um, I think I did. My mom had it on DVD because you know we're black, so <laughs> <laughs> we had to have it. Uh, <laughs> the movies of my people. Yes, I get that. Thank you, thank you. I own, uh, you know, just Mulan. I'll have to, I'll have to buy the farewell. Both Chinese, which I am not. That's fine. Got to start somewhere. Just add it to the collection. I, I don't think there are any Korean ones. I think they're all Chinese. Crazy Rich Asians is Chinese, right? Like, you mean like Western-made films about Asian people? Oh, I just have to buy Korean movies, but like, I wouldn't know what they're saying. I have to... You'd have so to then I feel like I'm, fi- I'm faking it. <laughs> One day, Jason. <laughs> Parasite's a big movie right now, and... Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm sure it, it, it would work. The movie that nobody... Everyone loves and nobody knows what it's about. And then it's... It's no one's told me anything about it. I guess it's Death Stranding the movie. <laughs> I've only heard good things from people who've seen it. Okay, All right. and again, I also want to see it as well. I've just mm. not yet checked it out. Um, but what you, what you got next? Other things I've seen. Um, the Mandalorian. Me too. Um, and this is going to be, I guess, a little bit Mandalorian and Disney Plus as well. Just talking about the service in general. Oh yeah, go for it. Okay, <laughs> Mandalorian. Um, mm. I really enjoyed it. Me too. I'm, I think I'm at a place in my life where the lightsabers just don't do it for me anymore. Like, I think I like the side stuff a bit more than like the mainstream stuff. Um, where we're dealing with the, the dirty parts of Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> we're dealing the with back alleys, <laughs> the back alleys, and the credits, <laughs> <laughs> and the gambling and the assassins. <laughs> That's what I'm about now, because I'm an adult. <laughs> but no, I'm, I mean, I think, I don't know, Star Wars has become, like, so bogged down with, like, you know, culture wars, and everyone, like, really taking a side, and, like, you know, this is for kids, this is for everyone, like, oh boy. you know what, shut it's up. A, it's, a, it's a lot, <laughs> um, and those movies are just physically long, mm-hmm. um, and they're... It's going to sound snooty, and I don't mean for it to be, but, like, it's not like they're trying to make art. They're just trying to be, like, pew, pew. Trying to make some room, money. Room, and, like, <laughs> that's supposed to be a lightsaber. It sounded kind of like that here. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, and it's just kind of a mass audience where I feel like maybe with The Mandalorian, A, they, they can take their time actually telling the story. Yeah. And, B, like, if you're 
getting Disney Plus to watch this, you obviously are into it. For sure. As opposed to just the masses. Um, so you might kind of appreciate the side characters and the s- smaller-ish story. And it's their flagship show right now on yeah. Disney Plus as far as like, you it's know. The reason I'm, I'm investing in it. It's like, hey, we got this waving the flag like Mandalorian front and center. Come check it out, nerds and non-nerds. Anyone that has eyes, and please watch this. it holds up. It does. It's it really worth does. It. Like, the settings are gorgeous. Not, not gritty, but yeah, gorgeous. They're yeah. like, you know, we're dealing with like browns and grays. Mm-hmm. And like, it, I think, very much fits, like, you know, the, the content of the story. I love that Pedro Pascal is <sighs> not taking that mask off. Yes. Like, I love actors that commit to, the, to characters that, like, require masks. And within the lore of the story, like, they don't take the mask off. Look at you, Carl Urban, in Dread. You really killed it there, man. <laughs> and Pedro Pascal, you're in the same vein. I mean, does it make me sad that I won't be able to see his beautiful face? A little bit. But it's okay. <laughs> I get it, because it's a cool-ass helmet. It's a cool helmet, and just, like, within the, the lore of the story and, like, the culture of, like, you know, the people that he's from, it's like, we don't take the mask off. Like, it don't come off unless it gets knocked off. But what about showers? Oh, I'm sh- Have you ever seen anyone take a shower in Star Wars? Jason, it has to happen. <laughs> you know I'm obsessed with logistics. And I get that they don't take off the helmet, but unless there's some kind of... I'm sure the privacy of, like, you know, their own home, sure. Okay. Showers can happen for Mandalorians. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for answering that for me. But um, but I love, like, the little just things within the story of just, like, hey, like, just he his equipment and gear and all that mm-hmm. stuff and, like that it seems like over the course of the show he'll get like more and more pieces of it Mm -hmm. um i love that like you know he has a gun that takes bullets in star wars like that's weird and cool i don't know i'm for this this is nice oh i didn't even think about that like where the like belts and tassels and like you know accoutrement on him all mean something right 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 um i love the effects like you know it's a tv show you can see how they put a lot of money into it a lot um i'm loving like the people that are showing up in this like carl weathers and werner herzog love the werner (laughs) herzog cameo um taika waititi did the voice of that robot oh did he yeah (laughs) he's all over the map this week for me things i've seen just hearing um the voices of handsome men gives me the chance to think about them and it's great just in the booth just there like Mm -hmm. i'll take 13 Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah he was the it was that was such a cool uh droid thing oh during the the shootout the bounty hunter robot ig yes and how it was spinning around i love the way that they show that thing fight very very cool they show you a robot like that in um the Empire Strikes Back as like the team of bounty hunters that Vader's hired to like oh, really? you know hunt down Luke and Han Solo and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then it's like look at that stick thing. How does that even <laughs> shoot or fight? And then they show you like it fights pretty well. It fights really well. It's a very slim target. Yeah, but has precision shooting that can whirl around like a motherfucker. Imagine a coat rack that could fight. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, that's the only way I can describe it. A spinny, yeah, a spinny coat rack with two guns. Like, it was it was really something to see. And, um, like, voice sounds like Nick Nolte showing up in there. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the thing that everybody's talking about. Mm. Um, <gasps> the teensiest, cutest thing that I've ever seen. Jesus fucking Christ, Jason. This Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is, oh, cute. He's a... Oh. <laughs> I, meant to, I meant to post it, but, like, he is... A corgi puppy, but as an alien. Yeah. Yes, that is accurate. And it's perfection. Like, nonverbal, gigantic eyes, huge ears. Please give a raise and an award to the 
person or people who designed this guy. Absolutely. Because, oh, God. This is the face that sold 1,000 plushies. (laughs) (laughs) This Christmas is going to be all be all about baby yoda tickle me elmo fuck that guy <laughs> <laughs> baby yoda um what was i do have questions um what was up with the shoulder pad thing the shoulder thing that he got oh okay so in the lore of star wars mandalorian armor is supposed to be like the best armor in the universe like not only oh, can okay. it reflect like you know a blaster shot but also it can like not get hit by it can take a lightsaber hit and be fine it's like the valyrian steel of yes okay that is an accurate comparison cool like nothing's getting through this and it feels like over the course of the series he got one little ingot and like got a shoulder pad out of it and it feels like man the course of this series i hope you get more and more pieces okay so he just found some valyrian steel and was able to use it and he's hoping to find some more yes that was a nerd reference for a nerd reference (laughs) great it all works it all it's all connected um but yeah i feel that that's the payment that he will get from um the remnants of the uh, empire because timeline wise this this takes place after return of the jedi okay but before um we get to the force awakens okay so this is like the start of that 30 year span of like nothing going on okay um so yeah i mean I believe it was developed by John Favreau. Yeah, it was. Um, who? Hey, if you need a guy to start a fresh new thing, it feels like he's a person. It's the guy that brought you Iron Man. Like, so I don't know. If I, I have high hopes for this, and right now it's it's doing really cool things. I will say some of the writing is a little cliched, but yeah, I'm willing to. I'll I will happily put up with that because overall it's so great. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, um. Their currency is called calamari flan. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's like, I love calamari. I hate flan. So I don't know if I could use this currency. Jason, I laughed so hard that I just spent the next 10 minutes thinking of other names for things. (laughs) That like, if you think about them outside of what we know them as, could totally work. (laughs) Putanesca quiche. (laughs) gelato caper oh go down to the whatever watering hole go find gelato caper he'll hook you up with a blaster um floridian comma why not jason i could do this all day you know the great binding hunter clothes marinara <laughs> that guy all day long jason i got this i want to be hired just to make up names for shit in the star wars universe just combine two weird nouns. It's perfect. <laughs> Star Wars names are the best names and worst names, maybe? I don't know. Oh, it's it's great ridiculous stuff. Calamari Flan. Pay me in that all day long. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. I like that they got such a good cast. I love... I'm When I found... I heard the voice of the Mandalorian, and I was like, I know that voice. Whose voice is that? And it was driving me crazy, and I finally looked it up. And I was just so thrilled for Pedro Pascal because, you know, he's the type of, like, really enthusiastic guy who must have been like, holy shit, I'm going to this. This is the most amazing thing ever. (laughs) So, like, someone who probably genuinely is really enthusiastic and into this stuff, getting that job, thrilled. Thrilled for you, Pedro. Absolutely. Also, call me if you're single. (laughs) Um, So, what else have you been watching? Oh, um, I watched a thing that I was disappointed by. Um, 
I started watching on HBO um, the first, I think it's two episodes of His Dark Materials, the Golden Compass series that ah, they're doing. yes, we've talked about this. Yes, you said that you were not interested, and I said, that's fine, Jason, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> As um, you flippantly, <laughs> I'm not, I don't, walked away I'm not from bitter me. or whatever. Um, yeah, well, Jason, turns out you were right. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't want to be. I was just saying this is how I felt, but Lord. Here's the thing. There's nothing particularly bad about it. Mm-hmm. The acting is great. Uh, it looks good. Um, James McAvoy also looks good. I-O. Um... <laughs> I I don't know if part of it was that I've seen the movie, so because they're still going through the same steps in the movie, that uh-huh. I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. Because, um, like, the quality of things, like, clearly this has more money, of course, it's HBO money, so this has more money probably than that movie did invested in it. Um, but it just, I cannot put my finger onto why it doesn't work. And I came to the conclusion, I was like, maybe this just isn't, doesn't work from a book to a movie, but I didn't read the book. And so I was talking to a friend of mine and he had read the books and he was like, they're great, but maybe it just doesn't translate well into a film. And I was like, ah, perhaps (laughs) this is the deal because it's just not working. And, um... Oh, Daphne Keene. She's the main actress. She's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, I forgot the woman who plays the bad lady. I clearly was paying attention to this. Um, What's her name from uh, Luther and all that stuff? Yes. Uh, she's and, very smirky. Yeah, and just got um, done with um, the that show on Showtime, The Hookup. You know, The Affair, The Affair. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, like, she's great in it. She's able to play very like you're convinced that she is like the nicest woman and then you see ruth wilson yes thank Mm you um she's fantastic her acting is phenomenal watching her turn on a dime from being incredibly warm to absolutely menacing is amazing and like really usually you can see through the menacing or or see through the niceness but you are 100 percent convinced that she is just lovely um and then to see her just like grabbing a monkey that's not a euphemism but really just <laughs> grabbing a monkey and be like oh you're like oh shit um everyone's great in it it just for some reason doesn't work i might keep up with it just to see because really i just want to see the big old polar bears mm-hmm. um but it's not going to be like a, oh i have to go see this because like i don't know there's a couple different fantasy elements at play in that series of books and one movie and now the series of just like hey like you know we, there's a fantasy element to it and mm-hmm. also like the steampunky kind of element to it yep. and also like you know this uh, this adventure element to it and it's mm-hmm. just I don't know if it all just meshes together very well insofar as the presentation on a visual plane I mean it all looks good like mm-hmm. all those elements even though um you wouldn't expect to see talking animals. Usually it might be kind of jarring, but it works mm-hmm. in this. Like I'm not, maybe it's because I'm going into it knowing that if I was coming on, it's going to say off the street, but you know what I mean? I was coming right. in cold and didn't know the story at all. I don't think you'd be super put off by it. would be like, okay, here we go. 
and um, but it's just not working. And I don't know what it means in a streaming world, um, but the fact that it's on on Monday nights is interesting. Yeah, Monday's at nine. That it's not a part of like its Sunday night lineup, which I guess is like a considerably more like adult oriented. Um, oh. so perhaps this is just like, like, Hey, this is like, you know, for all ages or for the family rather. Yeah. So Monday nights, you know, come here, enjoy this together. But it really, it shouldn't be it's cause the Watchmen or Watchmen comes out on Sundays at nine on HBO. Yep. So really by that, by your logic, they should be flipped. Like having, having his dark materials being more of a family thing on Sunday nights and having the Mandal uh, Watchmen be on monday nights because it's more dull well sunday night has always been like you know this is our this hbo's is like, prime yeah. time night of yeah. like you know heavy hitters adult shit like Which, why is that that's just the nature that it's always just, been people like, know that people are home on sunday nights because they gotta go to work the next day they know people are home on sunday night on, on sunday nights but also saturday night has always been traditionally reserved for their new premiere of, of movies oh, okay. saturday night is always movie night or boxing night and then sunday is always for you know, our original programming. Do they still do new movies on Saturday nights? They will always do new movies on Saturday nights. I didn't know that. I never yep. had HBO growing up. Okay. Saturday nights are new movie nights, and Sunday nights are 100%. Because because even when, let's say something that was there that was not adult-oriented, mm-hmm. people will still tune in on 9 o'clock on Sunday nights to see what What's is there. Because it's going to be like something of the best quality yeah. ba- based on the... Gotcha. Like okay. absolute touchstone for american culture hmm. like hey what are people talking about on monday what they saw on sunday gotcha 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 yeah i really paid attention but um but no i'm i'm i guess i'm still curious maybe i'll check it out mm. but again not it, rushing to, to it check looks it. good like i'm i'm frustrated because i want to like it mm-hmm. and maybe i've just grown out of it but i love the jason did i spend half of the second episode not paying attention and just looking up quizzes to find out what my demon would be yes (laughs) yes i did jason i wanted it to be something cool i got a cat i got some kind of little chinchilla bullshit Mm -hmm. it's not what i want i'm glad but you're still engaging with the show though which is important i mean yeah (laughs) i think possibly one of the greatest compliments i've ever received is a bunch of my coworkers and i were going for drinks after work Mm -hmm. recently and we were all trying to decide what each other, like, if you were in an animal, like, what would you be? Or, like, what animal best represents you? Mm-hmm. And one of my friends mm-hmm. said that I would be a fox. And I was just like, I can die happy now. <laughs> That's the coolest. <laughs> it was a delightful compliment. That's very nice. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what my demon would be. <laughs> I'll let you know. Okay. Um... I wanted to be a fox. <laughs> <laughs> Because some of them, like, this one lady, I'm going to spoil this one dumb little thing for you. Like, it seems like a lot of the bad guys, of course, like, their demons are, like, insecty things. Uh-huh. Or, like, a snake, which, like, a snake is super cool, but fine. Um, whereas other people are have, like, fluffier sh- whatever shits. Yeah. Um, this one lady, God love her, she had a butterfly. Oh, as a bad lady? No, it's a good lady. Uh-oh. But guess what? It's really easy easy to kill good ladies when your demon's a butterfly because the bad guy just grabs the demon and crushes the butterfly. And then the lady goes, ooh, and just like powers down and is dead. I'm just like, well, you should have gotten a better one. Gotten, like an armadillo or something like that. Get something hardier. <laughs> Who has a butterfly? 
gusts of wind, guess what? You're out of here. You're done because you can't be separated that far. Can't crush a hedgehog. It hurts you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh. I mean, Poor not choice. That, That's not that fault. you can pick your demon. Uh-huh. I don't know how that whole process works. Again, logistics. Like, I'm sure it's a Patrona situation of just you get what like, you get. But like, how does... so? The opening scene is James McAvoy showing up at this university um, with the baby and her demon, and the demon is also a little baby. But like, does it just pop out of thin air? Like, how does that work? Again, could how does it work, Jason? I, I'm not the writer of this series. Was it C.S. Lewis? I have questions. <laughs> I need answers. No, I can't remember the author's name. It's okay. not C.S. Lewis. The U.S. Chronicles of Narnia. Right. Um, but uh, I need to know how this works. I'll probably Google it when you leave. I I couldn't tell you. And then I'll tell you what my demon is based on whatever I can find the most authentic, not authentic, because it's not true. The most um. What looks like the most sophisticated what is your demon quiz I can find out of that. <laughs> Something that doesn't have many gifts mm-hmm. of or in as on an angel fire. I want like uh I want it to be like fifty questions. Oh god. Don't so you want like a... the MMP? <laughs> yes. I want it to be definitive unless I get a butterfly, in which case I'm taking it again. <laughs> oh god. Um what, so your, things. what would your demon be, Jason? My demon be? I'm not sure. Maybe a cat, or perhaps even a... Uh, Jason, live bigger. Come on. And Jesus Christ. I feel like a bear would be great for you. That's pretty huge. It can't be killed very easily. <laughs> wow, you're really thinking about survival. Okay. If the lady's butterfly got crushed in the hands of I a man... I was just thinking in terms of representations <laughs> of you. Uh, representations of me, either, I don't know, a bear or some kind of turtle, perhaps. Oh, that's nice. very sweet. <laughs> turtle or a tortoise uh tortoise. going into that water nope you're a land guy you're gonna live forever cool tortoise okay <laughs> i like it um i'm a fox <laughs> <laughs> regardless of anything you'll be a fox yep, 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 at yep. the end of the day um speaking of things that have familiars and whatnot mm-hmm. i watched uh, coco for the first time did i oh i think i did watch that movie i've seen that yeah 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 um i was like oh this is probably gonna leave netflix right now because of disney plus it's not um the things that disney has on there are going to be there for a little bit longer i don't know when it's all going to come off but their agreements with they, with other platforms stand until they don't mm. um but coco was freaking beautiful it is yeah. um it was really a lovely movie um beautifully beautiful and colorful um definitely a tearjerker of a film um of course the whole premise of the movie being um a young boy uh, is part of a family that makes shoes, and they've made shoes for like three generations now. Um, and they hate music all because the patriarch three generations ago left their family to pursue music and left uh, the his wife and his child all alone. Um, and they don't know what happened to him, and they're just like, you know what? Screw music. We don't care about music. We just make shoes now. I think I watched a different movie. <laughs> was there another movie about a kid with a guitar, or was it Coco? Coco was a movie about the kid with the guitar. Okay, keep going. <laughs> um, or at least the one that I know about. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, now it comes to him, and he just has a, a bug for music. He just loves music, loves playing music, but he does it in secret away from his family. He's even, Aww. like, made his own guitar to, like, play um, that, you know, he made by himself. Um, and one day, uh, it's like on the Day of the Dead, of course, mm-hmm. um, 
he wants to go ahead and play music and enter this contest. But in order to do so, he needs a proper guitar. And his family smashed his because they found out he was playing music. So he goes to the gravesite of, like, you know, his favorite singer of all time and steals that guitar. But in doing so, it takes him to, like, you know, the afterlife. Yeah, I definitely did see this. I just 100% forgot the premise because <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> just, you know, the crux of the story. <laughs> I'm the best. I'm glad I have this podcast. <laughs> this is why you get to remember all the things that you forgot. You're such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not at all. Like, um, no, it's uh, the... So he goes to the afterlife. He meets up with like, his family. They're like, what the hell? How are you here? You're not dead, right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so no one murdered this child, right? <laughs> And it turns into a murder mystery <laughs> about a child death. Oh God! But this took a horrible turn. But it does turn into a murder mystery <gasps> about like um, who actually this child's grandfather is, and who actually how he was murdered. Oh God! Yeah. Um. He spends the entire time thinking that like you know that his grandfather is like you know his favorite singer. Like oh man, like it, what what coincidence? What fate has brought me here? Mm. Um. But you find out later on in the film that like you know this guy kind of like tags along with him and it's like. He's a bum. He has no one that remembers him in, like, you know, the living world or anyone that barely remembers him. And you die in that world when no one remembers you in the living world. Oh. Like, you just fizzle up and fade away. Bummer. Um, Was it a really, like, charming, handsome guy? um, Wasn't there a charming, handsome guy? There's a charming, handsome guy played by uh, Gail Garcia Bernal. Mm Mm-hmm. Who who plays the bum. And the kid realizes, like, oh, wait a minute. Like, my great-grandfather's actually the bum that's been helping me the whole time oh and he was murdered by my favorite singer oh this is gonna be weird um and through the help through the help of his family he's able to go back to the living world and you know just barely is able to like get his still living great like his great-grandmother who was the child of the de- of the dead guy that he met in the afterlife you don't have to go into this stuff i don't have to go into this much detail i guess but uh, anyway i've, I've- I'm not gonna lie, kind of lost interest in this movie. <laughs> it's a beautiful story about music and family and sacrifice, not for yourself, but for the people that you love. Wasn't was it this movie where a guy has to fight people for a lady? That's every movie. Okay, <laughs> an animated movie that came out. Around the same time, I, I feel like the characters were Mexican or possibly... There's the Book of Life, which has very similar like That's elements what it, it was! That stars like Shining Tatum and somebody else. Was it animated? It was animated. That's the one that I watched, not Coco. <laughs> oh, it came out like two years before Coco, and it was just like... This is parallel thought. It wasn't an Ant's Bug Life situation where like one was strictly <laughs> trying to undermine the other. But it was just like weird parallel thought that these two things came out at the same time. Or around yeah, the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Coco was better. God damn it. I never picked the right one. <laughs> no wonder I don't remember the plot. Well, that at least makes me feel a little bit better. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are very different movies. Um, But yeah, that was one thing I saw. I saw a lot of anime things. But regardless, that hmm. was one thing I checked out. It's still on Netflix. You got Netflix. On Disney Plus, of course, it's there. Nice. What else have you been watching? Um, I watched Watchmen. Oh, okay. Um, Jason, I freaking loved it. Cool. I'm glad you liked I it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I talked to my same friend, Tom, about it. And he talked to me about it because he had watched it and was saying, had said that he didn't understand really what was going on, but he still liked it. And mm-hmm. I was like, how does that work? How do you not 
how do you like something that you don't understand what's going on? And then I watched it and I was like, I don't know what's going on, but oh, I love it. Oh, it's very interesting now. I'd love to, to understand, like, what don't you get yet? I mean, I... It's not that I don't get... I mean, I understand everything. Or, like, the mysteries of the world are still, like, it's mysteries. It's just the... Yeah, it's... Um, you're only getting a narrower view of a much larger world yes. and stuff. okay. So I don't... The overarching story, and clearly there's, I'm sure, a bunch of backstory to it. Yep. So that I don't know. And when you're starting out, you're just like, what? Who is... Why is... Uh, What's-his-face Scar here? And... All these things. Jeremy Irons, that's what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Um, Who, when he first rides up on the horse, I was like, Jeremy, you still look good. And then he didn't have clothes on. I was like, nope, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, he's a handsome fella. He is. And he's got a cool voice and accent. Um, (laughs) And he's Scar. And I think I was more charmed by Scar as a child than I thought I was. Um, but don't judge me. Shut up. They're deep under the surface. Listen. Be Prepared is such a good song, man. Long live the cake. There's a, he's very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Whatever. That's a different episode. Um, so it gives me real um, uh, kind of Westworld vibes in terms of like the mystery kind of surrounding things. Mm-hmm. And how they kind of pop back and forth. Um, all the acting is amazing. Yeah, everyone's really going full gear in this. Oh my god. Um, Regina King. Um, I don't know. Who's the lady who plays the FBI agent? Jean Smart. Yes. She's great. She's Such awesome. a dick. And I love her. <laughs> yes. She's a dick, but like she also she totally knows what's up. Yeah. And you really like her. Um, and you know, like she will always probably do the right thing so you're still fine rooting for her yeah even though it's difficult because you also want regina to be safe yeah and you want her like, goals no, to be achieved yeah. but like they're in kind of an opposition to gene smarts yes but at the same time they're kind of going for the same goal kind of totally and you're just like but i both want you amazing ladies to win mm-hmm. um uh i didn't realize that regina's i just gonna use her first name because it's like i know her. personal basis of her it's fine. um her husband. Oh, Yaha Abdul Mateen the mm-hmm. second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will happily make a third with him. <laughs> Jason. You've I'll... been called out, Yaya. <laughs> Who was Black Manta, which I didn't realize because mm-hmm. so much of his face is covered or his face covers so for so much of the Aquaman movie that I didn't realize it. Yep. Um how dare they cover that handsome face and put that body into spandexy stuff that you can't really see his shape as well? You are Jean Smart right now because she just calls out like in the like to yeah. Regina King. Your husband's That's... fucking hot. Yeah, <laughs> Gina has eyes, Jason. She's not stupid. Hello, he is beautiful. It has the broadest shoulders I've ever seen. And as soon as he came on screen, I was like, oh, what? And then I just had to quickly Google him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but everyone's really great in it. I like that there's kind of a lot going on. Usually, sometimes I'm not a huge fan of when shows jump around, but mm-hmm. it's usually when they're not written as well, so you just feel like you're being tossed around for no yeah. reason. But this um, definitely feels like it's written well and has much more purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just like, oh yeah, I forgot about this weird shit with Jeremy Irons. Yeah, sure, let's go back there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really fun. I'm really enjoying it. I binged the whole thing 
um, in one night. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll give Watchmen a try. But I, then I'm going to get to that Golden Compass series. And <laughs> I watched four, four episodes of Watchmen, and I went to the Golden Compass series. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> ah, well, at least there's a new episode of Watchmen because it's Sunday night. I guess I'll finish off my night with this because fucking Golden Compass Oof, let me down. I am sorry. But also happy that you found Watchmen. Yeah. Um, I like, I'm very interested in like you and Tom's reactions to this because it's just the idea of for you, this is like picking up a comic book in a store. Yeah. It's because comic books are all second act. If you just jump into a comic book, you don't really know what happened before it, but like, mm. it's interesting enough to keep you hooked to like, go to the second one, maybe, mm-hmm. or like, go to the third one. And as you read on, you figure out more of what happened before that. Um, this show is like absolutely a sequel to like the comics. Mm-hmm. And you, it'll tell you more and more about that. You don't have to go back and read anything. It'll give you more context <laughs> of what the world's about and what happened and yeah. like you know the nature of things well because i had because i went into it it's also fun to go into stuff it's so difficult to do these days to go into something totally blind and just yeah have no idea what it's about like maybe i'll like it maybe i'll hate it like yeah and i was just like oh i'm in store for a superhero story and then it starts off with a race war and i was like oh yeah. that's not what i was signing up for <laughs> what's going on also no, this- that little boy was so cute um and uh, and I rem- I kept on having in the back of my head you telling me um, when I asked you what it was about like imagine like the greatest superhero who becomes like apathetic yeah to things and I was just like um Jason uh, <laughs> when is this gonna come into play I'm not seeing it and so finally when I realized what was going on I was like ah okay here we go <laughs> um yeah and I I like that. Sometimes when there are, like, superhero elements in, like, uh, what is supposed to be a very realistic setting, mm-hmm. they don't intermingle them well, whereas this one, it feels like everyone's on the everyone's on the same page. Mm-hmm. We've all got this history. we got these weird phone box things where you can talk to uh, Mr. What's-His-Face. Dr. Manhattan. There we go. A.K.A. Board God. <laughs> I... I downgraded him to a mister from a doctor. Totally fine. His degrees don't matter. You know, <laughs> he didn't work hard for those. That's all right. That's totally fine. Wait, is he not actually a doctor? No, he is a doctor. <laughs> PhD or MD? Uh, PhD. In what? Um, Like physics or something? Physics shit? and something else. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll give it to him. <laughs> Apologies. All due respect. Dr. Manhattan. Like, the phone box things are there. Like. Uh-huh. I like that I believe that world. The, oh, yeah. and the squids. Yeah. What did you just take something from my brain? <laughs> I love an ocean creature. Like, um, I guess, are you at the point where they've explained, like, what has happened? Um, so, um, there are portals and someone. You I saw the remember. beginning of the one with, like, that centered on Tim Blake Nelson, right? Yes. Okay. That's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what happens at the end of Watchmen. Like, that's the end of the story of the comic book. What happens again? I forgot. Oh. Um, See, my memory is so he, bad, he explains it. This is spoilers for Watchmen, I guess. I mean, it's been out for 30 plus years, but whatever. Um, so at the end of Watchmen, uh, Azamandius, uh, in order to avoid nuclear annihilation of, you know, US versus Russia. Yes, that's right. Like, what if I created a threat that was extraterrestrial or extra dimensional just brings the world together yeah and yes, like yes, instead yes, of fighting yes. each other they look have guns pointed to the skies yes that's right yeah See, my memory is really bad i'm sorry yes um yeah just i like that they just drop in these tidbits um there's not so much 
ex- like just like boring exposition. Mm-hmm. It assumes that its audience, I think, is a bit smarter and is able to catch on. Oh yeah, um, and it's great. I'm really, really loving it. And they're also they're taking their time with a story. I feel like it's not being rushed because mm-hmm. um, clearly they're probably going to make multiple seasons of this. Um, yeah, I'm 100 percent in. Cool. I'm I'm very happy about yeah. that. Yeah. Fucking golden compost. <laughs> Also, his dark materials. Why do you have so many names? It does have because the first book is a golden one. compass, and then it goes to like other names for other things. Yes, but what does his dark, the, his dark materials? What does that mean? He has dark materials with which to make many dark things. What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. The I, devil. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've not gotten through enough things. Even though I watched that movie, maybe it's explained in the books or something. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. He's got coal. He's got <laughs> soot. These are dark materials. Black pepper. <laughs> Oil. Um, no, I don't really know. Um, what is one other thing that I watched? Um, I will talk about, uh, very briefly, on Disney Plus and checking out the new service. Tons of movies on there. I watched a goofy movie. Um... <laughs> It is. It mine. took me a second to realize, <laughs> like, oh, which which goofy fun movie did you watch? Jason? The only one that fucking matters, <laughs> a goofy movie. I think I had this. I had a crush on car- the cartoon son. Cartoon X. Oh, yeah, okay. of course. Right. He was skateboarder. He was cool and fun. <laughs> um, it is my favorite Disney film of the 1990s. Um, what? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. What? Blow me back, Jason. <laughs> Holy moly. Didn't see that coming. How have we never discussed this? I don't know. I guess. That's your favorite yeah. Disney like, movie of the 90s. Yeah, and I'm, I know it's not the best, like, not at all, but it's my favorite. Um, really enjoyed that movie a lot. Um, Jesus Christ. The stakes are so much smaller than any other Disney movie. It's not about a kingdom or a prince, or a princess, or Olympian gods, or even, like, getting out of the jungle because you're an ape-man, Tarzan. Like, it's just about a dad and a son trying to connect on a road trip over a summer. <laughs> like, There's that's so many it. Disney movies from the 90s. I'm looking at them now, and, like... Disney animated film, I guess, like, to make it more specific. Okay. Um, it is just great. I love the music. Uh, there aren't a huge amount of songs to go with a quality over quantity on that one i think they were like mm-hmm. maybe five or six songs throughout it um the oh, whole pr- forgot there was even music in it yeah uh a lot of the music not even sung by the main characters uh done by uh tevin campbell who plays a character Powerline. um it's one of the few disney films of that time that like to include just pop music that is relevant to like kids i guess like pop mm-hmm. slash r&b like and i don't know not many of the other movies do that mm. um the main premise being like, hey, it's the last day of school. Summer vacation is about to start. Um, Max is about to turn like, you know, 15 or 16. And like Goofy's a single dad. Like he's the only main Disney character like of like, you know, Donald, Goofy and all that stuff like that has kids. Oh, that's true. He had sex Ew, <laughs> with <Jason>. something <laughs> that happened. That's true. Um, and he had a child and that woman passed away. And this is a father and son, like, just kind of dealing with the trauma of, like, hey, my wife's not here. Hey, my mom's not here. Okay. Then them kind of, like, kind of figuring things out. Did they say that she died? She's not there anymore. She's gone. She's dead. Like, but did they say that she died? They don't say that explicitly because it's a 1990s Disney film, but she ain't there. 
Maybe she um, got divorced because her husband's goofy. Yeah, I mean, can you blame her? <laughs> and left her son behind with him. Okay, fair. <laughs> but like, it's just that she's not there anymore. Goofy's afraid of losing his son to like, you know, being a teenager. Like, oh man, like what if he gets involved with gangs? <laughs> and Max is just like, I don't want to be you. I don't want to be anything like you. <laughs> like, I don't want to. I don't want your laugh. I don't want your teeth. I don't want to be you. Cool. And just like them kind of coming to terms and figuring figuring out like, oh, wow, yes, I do love you. Of course, we may be different people, maybe growing apart, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to not love you. Let's go to this and ruin this concert, Dad. Okay, son. And uh, no, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, Has this always been your favorite? For a very long time, yeah. Like, I just love that the stakes are very small. It's a road trip movie. We have point A to point B. The acts are set up very well and structured very easily. And also looks really pretty for the time. Like... And it's much low budget, much further, much lower of a budget than the other big spectacle ones. I just liked it a lot. Like, it just it was small and easy and quick, and the music was great. What are your top three favorite Disney movies? Uh, I'd say of that period. I mean, I guess, yeah, of that period, but overall. I, overall, I don't know. I, I'm going to miss something, but I would just say Lion King, Goofy Movie, and... I don't know. Aladdin? I'd say Aladdin, sure. Okay. Um, of that time period. Yeah. But yeah, it was a really fun movie and uh yeah, I just, just had to throw that out there. You're supposed to ask me what my favorite ones are, Jason. What are yours? I'll tell you. Uh Hundred One Dalmatians, mm-hmm. Lion King, and Aladdin the music is great, but I'm gonna have to go with my girl Mulan. Okay. Totally cool. Mulan's That's awesome. Also great. <laughs> I'll make a man out of you. It's an amazing Play that at my fucking funeral. It's just, (laughs) like, ugh. She was tranquil as the force. (laughs) And the fire was within. (laughs) Why? I actually died trying to go up one of those telephone pole shits. Like, oh, no. Shatter her spine (laughs) so many times. But God damn it. She only made it up seven feet, but you know what? She died doing what she loved. More than anyone in this room could do. And when I say play that song, I mean hire Donny Osmond to come in and sing it. Osmond, get in here! <laughs> he wheels in. He's not that old. He's going to be 98 when I die. Hopefully. Um... Uh, yeah. Oh, God. I love that song. What is one of your favorite... What are some of your favorite Disney songs? Disney songs. Um, for sure, from from Goofy Movie, After Today. Um, from Aladdin, One, one Jump Ahead. Of course. Um, Mulan, Be a Man is absolutely up there, for sure. Um, and a fourth? Not 100% sure. I don't know. I really like... Pocahontas, Colors of the Wind. Colors of the Wind is pretty awesome. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Tale is all this time, you know? Oh, I didn't. I wasn't going for the Angela Lansbury. I was going for the Be My Guest. Oh, uh, okay then. Way to go for the sentimental. <laughs> Get out of here, love. No one cares. Um, And of course, Lion King, Be Prepared, Dur Dur, mm-hmm. by my cartoon husband, Scar. <laughs> <laughs> my husband's a big lion. <laughs> Um, what else is on your list? I'm all out of mine. Oh, um, bu- 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 um, 
all I had here um, were two more things mm-hmm. um, prior to the assignment they gave me. Uh, Rick and Morty season four is ongoing right now. Uh, two episodes are out. It's still great, still fun. Um, it continues to be, you know, irreverent, uh, but capable of talking about like big, ridiculous issues. Like one episode focuses on like, you know, uh, hey, what if you found a crystal that told you how are you going to die? And in relation to that, it's like, what if you just lived your life that way? Like lived your life entirely, like according to this crystal telling you like, well, this is how you die. And if you want this perfect death, like, you know, live your life according to that. Would that be extremely boring and like rote? Or Does it tell you when you're going to die? It doesn't die? tell you when. It just, just tells how. you how. Oh, that's... And see, you may look, like, completely older and all that stuff, so you know you die, like, in your 80s, but do you really want that? Or do you? would you rather have a choice and choose when you're going to go or, or, you know, live your life according to how the hell you want to live it as opposed to what this thing tells you? You know what's sad? I And maybe it's because I'm a woman. It would really help me more so not how I die, but when I die. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this, like... If I knew, as horrible as it would be, that, like, in three years I'm going to die, okay, well, if I know that, then guess what? I mean, a lot of garbage. (laughs) I'm not going to worry about having a kid or relationship or whatever. I'm just going to fucking party it up. Mm -hmm. You know, at least that kind of takes it off the table, which, you know, it's kind of a stressful thing. But that's just one option of many ways that you can die. Like you can. I don't really care about how I die. I just (laughs) care about when. And again, how and the how and the when are always changing in, in relation to I like mean, the I know how it's going to be trying to get up a pole. <laughs> as we all just, as we just discussed. Duh. Trying to get up the pole. Silly me. And recreating the scene from Mulan. One day I'm going to walk out of my apartment <laughs> building and pole's going to be there and be like, shit, I'm going to die soon. <laughs> well, this is how it goes. Uh-huh. I'm not going to not climb it. I can ignore it for as long as I want to. Beep, but boop, boop, beep, boop, I'm beep, boop. Go up Jason, get Donnie ready. It's going to happen soon. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Thanks, pal. (laughs) (laughs) Start your vocal warm-ups now. As I release him from the closet that I keep him in. (laughs) The splash water. (laughs) Where's Marie? (laughs) Shut up, Tommy. Get her when you do your task. (laughs) Um uh, and the second episode, it's just, fo- it's weird. It focuses on, like, loneliness and, um... Oh, it's too real. And, like, the violation of privacy in relation to, like, someone being like, a shy pooper. Um <laughs> And, like, and also features Taika Waititi uh, <gasps> as a voice in that as well. Oh, my man's everywhere. Uh, he plays an alien that is trying to get an app developed, and he's expressly printed on his head, do not develop my app. Because it will just yield very bad things for humanity. Mm. <laughs> um, it's it's fun. Again, it, big issues with a huge sense of irreverence. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Um, and the last thing I watched prior to the assignment, uh, Doctor Sleep. Um, I saw it in theaters. Um, the oh. Um, and yes, I think that's the reaction everyone has to that. Like, <laughs> Con- oh, I think I heard confusion that movie. and then recognition. Yes, vague rec- recognition. Yep, featuring uh, Ewan McGregor and Rebecca Ferguson. Um, it's really good. Did you see a lot of... Were there a lot of advertisements for us? In, like, you know how they're very directional because mm-hmm. they're all tailored to you? For me, I've not seen literally anything. I've seen no ads other than the trailer that I saw, like, two months ago. Just be like, yeah. ah, cool, sequel to The Shining. I am down. Gotcha. Um, I love the book The Shining. Uh, and I really like the movie The Shining. 
Um, there are two very different things, mm. with very different outcomes and different expressions. Oh, interesting. Like, The Shining, the film, is a landmark of, like, horror storytelling and, like, a visual masterpiece done by Stanley Kubrick and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And The Shining is this very long but very tense horror book, which is also a landmark for, like, horror storytelling in, like, mm. the, the 20th century. Um, this movie is a very good blend of those elements, mm. as well as uh, the, the sequel book, uh, Doctor Sleep, which was mm-hmm. written in, like, 98 or mm-hmm. 97. Um, Ewan McGregor is fantastic. What is it about? Oh, um, it's a sequel to The Shining. So the at the I've end never of The Shining, seen The Shining. Um, to spoil The Shining, I guess I know for you and many other people, Jack no- the maze and Jack Nicholson's mm-hmm. in the snow in his head, and he's creepy. So the hotel tries to kill the family that mm-hmm. is taking care of it. Blood, which is that meme, is also often used um, for jokes about periods. Yes, the whole <laughs> elevator thing. Yeah. Yes. That's um, great. Worth it just for that. <laughs> Thanks, Stan. Thanks, Stephen. Um, he so the hotel tries to kill the family. Mm-hmm. It possesses Jack Nicholson to do so. Why? Um, because it feeds on fear. It feeds on human oh. suffering. And the more people that are there, the ghosts that are there feed on like their fear and their suffering and all that stuff. Hmm. Um, Jack Nicholson dies there. He dies in the maze. But wouldn't you want to keep the family alive? No, that's the to, thing. To continue feeding on their fear? They die, they become part of the hotel, and then oh. more and more and more and more is what they want to do. Okay. Um, To add them to the guests of the Overlook Hotel. Mm. But at the end of The Shining, Nicholson dies, the son and the mother escapes. Okay. Um, The son, throughout the whole movie, what they call The Shining is like psychic abilities. The ability to like read minds, the ability to like communicate oh, with other people. That I didn't is the know shining. That. Jason, <laughs> for all these years on Earth, I never once thought, hey, why is it called that? I think that's most people's approach to it. Like, it's a cool name yeah. for a thing, but like, that is what the shine is. Wait, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I think that in. The Dark Tower yes. series. Ah! It's all connected. And there are several references. <laughs> what you can't see right now is that there's steam coming out of Jax's ears, her eyes, her head has exploded everywhere. <laughs> Holy shit, Jason. I never put it together. Sorry. <laughs> why i just lost my mind i just realized i didn't explain it um so i read all of the dark tower series which was written by stephen king and in it there one of the main characters this little boy uh he has a particularly uh strong i was gonna say strong case of the shine but like come down with a case of the shine you don't have very long to live (laughs) get to a hospital um but he they talk about that and like the bad guys like feed off of this energy mm-hmm. they're trying to destroy the world yep. um and oh my god yeah it is okay. very connected all yeah, of this, they have all psychic of this energy. stuff is connected okay so yes. the psychic energy that this boy has is big he's got one of the biggest shines ever like the old man that like meets him at the hotel like right before he leaves to go on what's vacation. his name uh the boy yeah danny danny torrance okay um and the old man that meets him tells him like holy crap kid you are shining real bright and like the kid's like what and he's Mm -hmm. talking to him like through his head and he's like oh and pretty much tells him like just a basic user's manual like this is the shine this is how you use it this is how it affects people like good luck kid i'm going to florida (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, while there, while his dad is going fucking crazy, mm-hmm. uh, the kid calls him like, hey man, shit's going bad here. He calls I need- the old guy in Florida? He calls the old guy mentally, like oh, in Florida. Okay. Uh, reaches out to him and is like, dude, you need to get back here. He's like, holy shit. You call me from Colorado? This kid is strong. Uh, um, comes back there, dies in the film. Oh no. Gets killed by Jack Nicholson. Um, but they leave the Overlook Hotel, the mother and the son. They survive. They moved to Florida. Uh, Danny still can see, like, you know, ghosts of the Overlook. They've, like, kind of attached themselves to him. Oh, no. The old man who's died is also a ghost as well, but, like, he just, I'm like, hey, man, this is how you trap them. This is how you can, like, lock them away. Oh, okay. And, you know, That's you don't good. have to be scared your whole life of these things. You can you can fight them. And teaches them, like, some tricks of, like, how to, like, do this. And we flash forward now from, like, you know, the early 80s to, like, 2011. Mm-hmm. And he's played by Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. and this guy, like, you know, his late 30s, and he's looking real Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's got the beard, he's got, like, the haircut, it's like, oh, shit, Obi-Wan. <laughs> but except he's throwing up and getting in bar fights and drinking real heavy and doing a lot of drugs. Yeah, and it's like, oh, Obi-Wan. <laughs> um, That's what happens when your pupil <laughs> goes crazy and presumably kills an entire little nursery of children. Yeah, I baby mean, Jedi. A real hard bender that Obi-Wan went on. I would too. And as a result, because he's been drinking for like 20 years, has like, you know, dulled his shine. Um, he doesn't shine as bright anymore or if at all he'll see like images and things here and there but for the most part over the years he's been like trapping the ghosts when they pop up and all Mm -hmm. that stuff um he goes home with this girl one night and like she ods oh he doesn't he doesn't realize that she ods she just dies in the bed he gets up he (laughs) you said that real (laughs) real uh casual like jason we gotta move on there's a lot of things happening (laughs) here okay good to know i'm not feeling good for my impending death she ods he doesn't realize he like leaves there he goes like moves to new hampshire or whatever wait what yeah (laughs) he's like gets up one morning after going home with this girl she's looks like she's asleep and he's like i'm just gonna go to new hampshire today he's like from uh, florida no he's in new jersey at this point okay But still, he just packs a bag and he leaves? He packs a bag and goes. Maybe he had intentions to go already, but maybe just hit his rock bottom like, fuck it, I'm an alcoholic. I don't want this anymore. And just like takes the first bus, the cheapest bus he can to get when to wherever he needs he to go leaves, to. When he leaves, does the audience know that she's dead? Or? No. Okay. He puts the baby, she also has a kid with her. <gasps> and he just slept with this girl for like for one night. He doesn't really know her. Like, he sees a kid like, uh, I'm going to put this kid in bed with his mom and I'm going to go. No. He finds out like that night, like holy shit, like he, a ghost comes to him, and it's the woman and her kid oh. because they both died. No, <laughs> wait, how did the kid die? Because he was in an apartment with no one feeding him for several days at a time, and no one came to check but on him. But you said he got a call that night. She came to him as a ghost. Oh, and so did the. I thought you meant the cops. No, okay. She came to him as a ghost, and so did the child. And they're just like, "Hey, we died. No one checked on us." <laughs> and he's like, ah, shit, I gotta figure my life out. Uh, meanwhile, while this all is happening, a young girl who shines even brighter than he did as a kid is, like, experiencing, you know, her powers for the first time. And we cut to Rebecca Ferguson, who, like, leads a troop of psychic vampires who feed on people that shine. And we have our three characters now. We have Danny, we have the girl, we have right, the vampires. Rebecca Ferguson. Homegirl it- from uh, Mission Impossible movies. Right, but she, say that sentence again? She leads a troop of psychic vampires. Um, that feed on people that shine. 
Okay, got it. Um, and she looks awesome in this movie. Sorry, She's really good. A, there was a lot of words there that I really had to process for a second. Okay, yes. She always looks good. She's gorgeous. She's awesome. She's gorgeous in this. Her style is like impeccable in this movie. It's like, she looks so fucking cool. Um, she plays a character called Rose the Hat. Um, but Does she always wear a hat or never wear a hat? She always wears a hat. Ah, okay. Always wears a hat. Um, but that's 2011. We flash forward another eight years to right now. Mm. Uh, the girl has grown up and she's been reaching out to like Danny just in her dreams, mm. like, you know, like riding on this chalkboard wall that he has. Uh, and he's like riding back and he doesn't really know. Her. He's like, oh, shit, someone's like someone can shine pretty damn hard. If they can do that. Like, I guess I'll like talk with them like here and there over the course of the eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Rebecca Ferguson like goes and kills a kid that has a shine. Mm. Um, Jacob Tremblay from uh, No Way. Good Boys. And he's like playing a minor role, like yeah, very small role. Cool. And it's like this kid leads movies. That's like interesting that he's just like what's the bet his parents were fans of the shining and so they're like this is cool this will be good for your career kid <laughs> do it do this for mom and dad <laughs> do this for us um that's awesome and he's he's there for a little bit but he's really good he's, um, yeah he's great but his death results in like the girl being able to like to pick up that like oh my god they're like they're people that are killing him and like taking the power that i have like oh my god and like rose how old is the little girl at this she's point? like 13 at this okay. point and he's been obi wanting her in that he's telling her, teaching her, like, how to Like, a little also. bit. Like, oh, if you, like, do this, like, yeah. you know, or, like... But she's really good. She's a prodigy. Oh, She okay, is cool. an Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> like, she's better than anyone that's ever done it. Okay. And she sees that. She gets freaked out. She tells Ewan McGregor, like, dude, like, there are people that are killing kids out there. And he's like, I don't want any part of that. Like, I'm, I'm... I, you, is he cleaned up at this point? He's cleaned up. Over the course of the time in the eight years that he's been there, he's joined AA. Hmm. Um, Cliff Curtis, who was, like, in all... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there as, like, his Aww. best friend. And, oh, like, I love him. He shines a little bit, but he doesn't know what it is. He's like, hmm. I can tell that you need help. I want to help you out. Hmm. And he cleans him up, gets a job as, a, as an orderly. Um, I just realized that... We- I enjoy you describing the whole movie. I'm this sure is that what I, no one cares. Yeah. We'll so do this after the fact. Skip ahead. Fuck that. No, tell me now. I want to hear all of it now. If <laughs> you don't want to hear all this, skip ahead. <laughs> okay. Keep on going, baby. All right. So, yeah, he's cleaned up his life. He's become an orderly at a, a hospice where he is essentially uh, guiding people to, like, their the afterlife. Who is? Uh, Ewan McGregor. Okay. And they call him Dr. Sleep. Because, like, you know that if he's in your room, that means that you're about to pass away. You're about to, like, go on to the next life. Oh, okay, cool. And he's like, dude, it's cool. Don't worry about it. We all, you die here, sure. But you live on. Like, you'll you live on. It's cool. And like, he kind of, like, eases them, eases them into it. I know he's a fictional character, but when I, during, after my last fall off the telephone pole, can you just get <laughs> you and McGregor to talk to me? <laughs> Before I go. It's a much nicer relationship than I have with Donny Osmond. Hey, 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 you and this to me. It, yeah, it's Jason. Yeah. How are you doing? Donnie's like, but why aren't you nice to me? Like, Get out of here, Donnie! Shut up, Osmond! <laughs> <laughs> Take those last four bars again! <laughs> Run it again! I'm not paying you for nothing! You're not paying me! That's right! Because you suck! <laughs> um... But regardless, he's an orderly. Um, while all this is going on, kid reaches out to him, right, and it's like, "Hey, just, just don't even think about it. Just cool your shine down." Like, and she comes to visit him. Basically, mm. tracks him down. Like, is able to sense him. And is like, "Hey, like, you know, like, uncle, like, 
Uncle Danny. Like, don't call me Uncle Danny. We are two different skin colors. You are a young girl. I'm an older man. <gasps> oh, yeah. Like, that's not this good. looks not right. Mm-mm. And she basically tells him, like, you know, well, this, they killed this kid. And, like, this is what happened. And, like, you know, they're not going to stop. They're going to keep coming for people like us. And it kind of, like, wakes them up to be like, well, shit. Like, I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want anyone to get hurt. She shows him what she saw. Oh, cool. And, like, he's like, well, crap. Now we do have to stop this. Mm. So he gets Cliff Curtis, um, tells him what he feels. is like, you know, like, you can always tell when someone's feeling bad. Or, like, you know, you're, you're able to, like, you know, do well on a test you never studied for. Mm. That's the shining. And you have it. What do you mean, do well on a test you never studied for? Like, in the sense that, like, oh, like, he, the way that he describes it, it's like, oh, not everyone shines like you and me, kid. Like, a lot of people shine a little bit. Uh-huh. Like, in the sense that, like, oh, like, you know what? I want to get some flowers from my wife today. And you come home and find she's had a terrible day. That's, like, a little bit of the shining. I don't understand how that, that that makes sense. But the whole test thing. Or, like, you do well on a test you didn't really study for. So, you know, like, but, you've been paying attention in class and all that stuff. But you go in there like, oh, yeah, I guess I do know the answers somehow. That does not fall within the bounds of the shine. <laughs> Maybe you're picking Is that an example that he gave or that you're making up? That he gave. That doesn't make any sense in the logic of what the shine is. Well, he can maybe maybe he's picking answers off of other people in the class. Okay. Because he can read minds. Kind I'll of. allow it. But um, regardless, I want rules, Jason. <laughs> I know you do. We want structure. I need rules. Okay. But they go. They find the kid that died. Um, McGregor and Cliff Curtis. They drive out there off of her recommendation. They find the kid that died. They get the glove that the kid had. He was a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the people that like killed him was wearing the glove for a little bit. Mm. They get the glove to the kid. She's able to see where they are and they plan for them. It's like, all right, they're coming here. Like they know that they're coming for me. We're going to fucking get them. Okay. And they set up a trap for them. And for the most part, it works. They get a lot of those guys, except for the fact that they also get played too. Mm. Um, not all of them make it out of the situation in one piece. Um, Spoilies ahead. Tell me everything. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Cliff so Kirk- I will say this is usually what I do to Jason <laughs> in that I just make him tell me all about scary movies that I will never see myself because I still am interested <laughs> in them. And he goes into play by play detail in a way that I could never do myself. Um, Cliff Curtis rides out. Um, he, he, he dies. He gets Aww, killed by one of, of these psychic vampires. Yeah. Um, McGregor and the kid gets captured. She gets <gasps> taken by one of them. No. What's um, her name? Um, Abra in the film is okay. her name. Takes Abra um, yeah. and McGregor reaches out to her. Um, he, she's been drugged so she can't use her powers oh, no. right now. McGregor kind of like jumps in her body and takes her over. And it's a really good acting moment by the kid because she's playing like a 45 year old man. That's hard to do, <laughs> man. That's crazy. And which is what they also do. I think can they do that in i think the kid jake in dark tower series i think he can take over like his little dog Mm -hmm. it's not really a dog but he can take over his body okay so like he kind of like projects into it or something like that. i think he can yeah mcgregor does that to the girl and she's doing a great acting job just being like huh staying off the main road smart idea really smart idea so where are you uh okay orchard highway so new york upstate new york Hmm, didn't get that far and the guy's like talking to her like who am i talking to right now Oh, this is Danny. You can call me Uncle Dan. Anyway, I'm coming for you. And I'm coming for the girl. And then he just, like, takes the car and, like, psychically, like, throws it off the road. Like, the kid's, like, all buckled up. Yeah, yeah. She survives. The other guy, like, dies. And Rose, the hat, is Mm -hmm. now left alone. 
And she's like... With the kid. No, not with the kid. She's oh. like away. They left her behind when they went for the kid because oh. this kid ruined her. She really fucked her up. Wait, Abra fucked up Rose? Rose, Oh, yeah. cool. At one point in time, Rose tries to like get in the kid's head and mm-hmm. like, you know, tries to like get her mind yeah. and like do her, hurt her. Do her vampire thing. Do her vampire thing. And the kid's like, oh, you coming for me? <laughs> no. And <laughs> ruins her. That's amazing. <laughs> like, breaks her hand <gasps> and, like, you know, throws her, like, you know, like, concusses her and all that stuff. And essentially, Ewan McGregor and the kid have killed all of her yeah. compatriots now. And she's helipist. So she's going to come for them. And McGregor and the kid are like, well, she's kind of really strong and we can't take her on our own. We got to go someplace that's going to be dangerous for people like us. Like, for people like us, like, it'll be dangerous for her, too. So they go back to the Overlook Hotel mm. where the oh, shining happens. Oh, God. Where the things that are there feed <laughs> on the shine. Huh. So they have like the final battle there. This but is so stressful. In a way, McGregor gets closure. Mm. Uh, Danny Torrance gets closure. Oh, like, I can see that. Okay. He's like, oh, he goes to like, you know, to the famous bar or whatever that Jack Nicholson goes to and like, you know, and he is served a drink by his father who looks a lot like Jack Nicholson. They got like a stand in to play him or whatever. Mm hmm. But, like, he kind of has, like, a conversation with his dad and all that darkness. the ghost of The ghost him? of his dad. Oh, okay. And, like, all that vitriol and, like, darkness comes out of him. And he's like, just take the damn drink. He's like, you know what? I don't need this drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, like, is able to, like, come full circle with like, his alcoholism and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the showdown happens. Like, the kid and McGregor versus Rose. And she's, like on shining steroids she's no, like no. like they with the vampires that they do they keep like the the people that they kill their essence like with leftovers like in these canisters mm-hmm. and she's just like there's, downed like three of them there's always a canister is it stainless steel it's stainless steel. of course it is jason <laughs> it had to be and she's like drunk on power and it's like ready to ruin them and she's like so charismatic the whole time she's just like saying things like like what's she, they're telling her like what does it feel like to be the last one she's like oh i'm not the last one but i am the prettiest though <laughs> She is a very charismatic woman. Like in the Mission Impossible movie mm-hmm. that she's in, or both of them, you, I don't care about Tom Cruise when she's on the screen. I yeah. find her so much more alluring. She's like doing things like uh, just calling me McGregor, like "What's up, handsome?" <laughs> <laughs> just like totally, like just like "Ooh, Miss Ferguson," <laughs> and um, she's like surprised, like "Where the fuck have you been, dude?" Like we'd have ate your ass a long time ago, like damn bro you're strong and like proceeds to, like you know go mess him up and like begin to fight so really his his low point actually may have saved his life may have saved his life hmm. um she goes like to fight him and they get into the fight and like he holds his own for a little bit but he's overwhelmed mm. he tells the girl to run um and then she like starts to get into his mind and she's like drinking him essentially mm. and she's like oh fuck you taste like whiskey dude like and it's just like really getting in his head and like goes further and further and then sees the boxes of all the ghosts that he's like locked away. She's like, oh, Ooh, what's in these? No. And he's like, Why don't you find out? Opens them up. All the ghosts of the Overlook are like back. The two little girls, mm-hmm. like the dude in the bear suit, mm. the, the bartender, all those like images from the Kubrick movie. Mm. And they're like, Oh, she's like on steroids. Let's eat her right now. And they kill her. Oh, nice. So like the plan and like his years of like capturing all these ghosts yeah. did serve him. And after they're done with her, they're like, oh, shit, Danny, I'm going to fuck you up. Oh, no. <laughs> so they proceed to, like, inhabit him and, like, take him over. And they send him after the girl. Oh, no. She's able to, like, you know, get in his head and, like, give him, like, a moment of clarity. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, thank God. You need to get out of here. Yeah. Like, look, it's all right. 
you go get out of here. I got this. Mm-hmm. So he goes down to the ballroom. When, he, when they first get to the Overlook, they kind of set the stage. They home alone this thing. Oh, sweet. They go downstairs, and he opens up, like, all the boilers. Mm-hmm. Basically, this place is going to explode. Mm. So he tells her, just get out of here. Get as far as you can. I'm going to go downstairs. He goes back to the boilers, and the ghosts are, like, trying to, like, you know, take him over and all that stuff. And they're just reminded, like, oh, shit. He's got the boilers. There's nothing we can do. This place is going to blow up. We can't mm. escape here. And for a moment, like, you know, the, the room sets on fire. He's a kid again, and he sees his mom again. Aww. And he talks about, like, you know, the death of his mom. He's like, because of, like, you know, the powers that I have, I couldn't even really look at her while she was dying. Mm. Like, her face is covered in, like, what a, and whenever someone's about to die, I see these flies oh, all over their God. face. And, like, I couldn't, be, I could barely stand to look yeah, at her. Yeah, of course. And this moment he's about to die, he sees his mother clearly. Aww. And then the whole thing explodes. Yeah. He dies. And then, like, or you think he does, at least. And they cut to a scene. Mm-hmm back and abra's back in her room and you know she's there talking to where are her parents this whole time well things happen when they come to attack and get her oh no so i won't spoil everything there but they uh will for me after this episode (laughs) they go back to the room and uh he's there like telling her like a little bit more about the powers like you know what you need to do and all that stuff um and you do find out that yeah he did die but it's okay because you know Mm -hmm. you go on afterwards um, oh, so she he can like hang out with her. He can like a, like an Obi Wan does. He's a Force ghost. He can just pop up. <laughs> he can pop in and out whenever he needs to, oh, to like kind of nice. like, help her on her journeys from like here Aww, on out. That's lovely. Yeah, and it, uh, again, there's a lot of like Obi Wan Star Wars stuff happening in this movie where like the kid looks like she's like coming like evil or like getting too powerful, and he's like, "Hey, kid, you need to calm that shit down, mm. all right?" And like ultimately, this is Obi Wan redeeming himself. He Aww. does the right thing. <laughs> And sorry for anyone that had to listen to that all the way through or didn't care. Uh, too fucking bad. It's not I your show. I was enthralled. <laughs> um, you're a great storyteller. I saw the whole thing with little like projections of like Twilight in there. Little projections from Star Wars. It was great. Sorry, I spoiled this movie that you weren't going to see anyway. <laughs> that you didn't know existed. Like if you're uh, here now, uh, yeah, thanks. Is um, it? Um, is it getting good reviews? Um, it's being reviewed pretty well, but its box office is pretty not great. Um, I mean, is it? It's not open in all theaters. I would. Oh, it's everywhere. Is it? It's everywhere. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> like I saw it in a big chain theater. Um, oh shit! And you know the audience was maybe eight people. Damn. Um, but this was like on a, a Tuesday night. Okay. Well, tr- quite well, no, on like a Monday night. But even still, you know that's a small turnout. Yeah. I think. Um, oh. I, I really recommend it. <laughs> like even for you, it like. Sounded- well, no, I just you just. I just I just showed it to you. Well, that and <laughs> like words. knowing that her hand gets broken means that I can't. Yeah, it's like one bad scene of like yeah. uh, it's pretty bad. And also, I don't do well with ghosts. Okay, um, but no, it's good. It is a great. It was great. I just saw it. <laughs> it's a great sequel to The Shining. Mm. Um, Did they set it up for another movie if they wanted to? If they wanted to, um, but they make a ton of dark re- uh, dark tower references in the movie. <gasps> Uh, they really? talk about Ka and like the yeah. Wheel of Fate and all that stuff. <gasps> um, there's a reference to, like Lamarck or Lamarck or something like that, like some villain corporation that's in um, yes. that's in the Dark Tower. So there's plenty of references. Oh shit! To, maybe we'll have to see this movie when it come when it's like on DVD or whatever. There's references to it in it. Um, wow. There's it does a good job of like linking things yeah. or like giving little hints of like eh, this is a thing from a uh, thing that you may have seen or read. Yeah. Um, Did and, they ever show a turtle? 
They do not show a turtle, I don't think. Um, who was the writer and director of it? Oh my gosh. Um, he is a pretty good horror director, actually. Nice. Directed the movie Oculus, uh, pulling it up right now. Um, it's a real normal ass name. <laughs> like, it's not, it's, it is hilariously just Just like plain. Brian Jenkins. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Oh god, it's like Mike McFadden or something like okay. that. What about uh, the writer of it? He also wrote it. Um, oh, wow. Writer and director, a little bit. He of must be like a piece. real like Stephen King head. Uh, he is. He worked very closely with Stephen, with Stephen King on it. Oh, um, oh, on this movie, on the movie. Oh, that's awesome. And I believe like the uh, what he got to say to like kind of convince King to like, hey, let's like do this movie is like the idea of like, look, we're going to make a sequel to like mainly the book, but we have to use a lot of visual references to the film because totally. people are just more familiar with right, that. Right, right, right. Um, the director of the movie is Mike Flanagan. Gotcha. Just yeah. Mike, you know, you know Mike Flanagan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, no, it was, cool. it was fun. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I love their other references to the other books. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Um, but yes, uh, that aside. <laughs> yes. Uh, we've asked each other to watch separate things. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what have you watched? I, I asked you to watch a certain movie. Yes. You asked me to watch Band of Robbers, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yes. I panicked. <laughs> what if that wasn't? No. <laughs> um, um, first off bunch of handsome bros in it a lot of handsome bros in this movie thank you for that because <laughs> it's probably what really kept me going mm-hmm. um so it's like a kind of modern take on uh tom sawyer and huck finn mm-hmm. huck finn is played by kyle gallner who is very cute and <laughs> pulls off a mustache like no other he does have a little baby mustache it's not baby it Jesus. isn't but he's like a baby face i don't know he's like a very he's beautiful <laughs> he's so he's he has so many eyelashes. <laughs> he has great eyelashes. And at, there's an angle that they have of him that I was just like, what? I have like seven eyelashes <laughs> between both eyes. He's got 7,000. And he's got so many. I was just like, man, our kids would have great eyelashes. <laughs> um, and then Tom Sawyer is played by uh, Adam Nee or Nay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, your favorite name in the world, Matthew Greg Gubler. Uh, he, he's a side character called Joe, who's friends with uh, Huck and Tom. Mm-hmm. And then Melissa Benoit, who is she? Supergirl? She's Supergirl, yes. I thought I recognized her from something that I ever watched a show. But um, she plays Becky Thatcher. Um, and it's just about these dumb, dumb young men who have big old dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Sawyer in particular who is very kind of charming, charismatic, which seems to be the theme of this episode. Um, he's very fun and weirdly inspirational to his friends, but really he's just kind of a dreamer who doesn't know how to... A lot of goals, but no plan. <laughs> yeah, he has no plans whatsoever. <laughs> he does not know how to execute the thing things to get him to what he wants. Right. Um, but... He's so charismatic that you want to kind of follow him anyways, and that's what uh, Huck Finn does um, to their detriment. <laughs> um, they find out about this treasure that's supposedly there, and so they're just trying to get this treasure. Um, but Huck just got out of jail, and Tom has become a local cop who yep. <laughs> feels like he did does not have the glory that should be bestowed upon him because he's an idiot and everyone treats him like that yep which is deserved he's such a dumb dumb he's a very <laughs> sweet dumb dumb um who's also very cute and uh his new partner uh 
Becky Thatcher is played by, oh, as we said, Melissa Benoit, and she's great. And she's really, like, she's really sweet and very genuinely, Mm -hmm. like, it comes across as genuinely naive and just enthusiastic and just wants to do a good job. Right, I just want to be a good good police officer for this town. (laughs) Yeah, she's so sweet. Um, I feel like oftentimes roles like that, you don't necessarily believe them 100%. Right. But with her... As soon as she pops up, you're just like, oh, you're a delightful little doe-eyed girl. <laughs> you're delightful. Um, and so it's just their kind of misadventures. It does get a little dark. Lives are yeah. lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you feel kind of uplifted and a little bit inspired by the end. It is a very feel-good movie. Yeah, and like, in a weird way. In a weird way. It's like it's not its goal to like, you know, be like, it's all going to be all right. Yeah, not at all. Because it's not at the end. No. But all the characters grow up a bit, mm-hmm. and they do achieve uh, a version of their goal that was unexpected, or in an unexpected way. Yeah, and like you get the sense of like these people that are a little aimless, like a little directionless. Very like, much so. They really put their minds to a goal, mm-hmm. good or bad, mm-hmm. and they played it till the end. Like they didn't and give up on it. They're very loyal to each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Um, it was. It took some turns I didn't expect because mm-hmm. I did think it was going to be kind of a feel goody thing. Um, but yeah, it was a cute little movie. Yeah. Then, With cute little boys. <laughs> Not little boys. That sounds bad. With cute men. <laughs> cute young men. Yep. <laughs> um, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that I stumbled across like maybe two years ago and I was like, this is a, a nice, like you said, it's a nice, cute thing. Yeah. Um, and I just was pleasantly surprised by it and just really enjoyed it. I mm. felt good walking away from it. Yeah. Um, and I just thought you'd like it. You know. I did. Um, you asked me. Mm-hmm. to watch penguins of madagascar the movie the movie not mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. um and it was fun it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun real cute um the i love that you know in this movie that they didn't have a huge set of like we have huge a-list voice actors it was mainly like the the, the penguins were the stars of the film mm-hmm. um and it wasn't like the madagascar series of films where it's like we have Chris Rock right, right, and right. Jada Pinkett and David Schwimmer and like, mm-hmm. you know, these huge names. It's like, no, nope, these are the guys that voice the penguins, they're voicing mm-hmm. the penguins. Um, and we'll have like, you know, supporting characters that are like big names. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that John Malkovich was the villain yeah. until the end. I thought it was like Chris O'Dowd. Like he's using like a weird accent. He's like, but it's just John Malkovich talking like John Malkovich. He just talks weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he's very enjoyable and charismatic. It's the most energy I've gotten from John Malkovich, right? Ever. Like it's a different kind of energy. Like mm-hmm. he's very energetic and things like burn after reading, like in an angry way. And this, it's like goofy and like it's, funny. It's a weird, different channeling of that energy that like totally works as a villain i've never seen him use like this before yeah i know <laughs> it's great because you're like i know that voice who the hell is that and then you look it up you're like wait what yes yeah um this the power of this movie is like the funniness of this movie is like in its repetition mm-hmm. where in which like you know they'll repeat lines or like jokes and like 
not until it's funny. It just is. <laughs> like, or the convoluted nature of them like getting to a solution of like, you just jumped across 2,000 boxes and went through two planes? <laughs> <laughs> like, just to land in the desert? Like, it is a spectacle sometimes. Yeah. But it's like really enjoyable. Um, you love the nature of the penguins where they're just like so capable but so dumb yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Like, yes, these are a crack team of like, operatives i guess but at the same time like you are idiots (laughs) um i love the idea that they don't like they don't have a thing for private um yeah no like the four penguins like one of them is called private and like they don't know like oh you're the cute one yeah and like they keep calling him that he like is obviously annoyed by that like i'm I'm more than just the cute one like i have more to offer but like him being the cute one save the day there's the the leader the smart one and the one who's just kind of wackadoo and often has explosives a human backpack (laughs) or a penguin backpack um no it's so weird but fun um Benedict Cumberbatch is in it as like a side character slash antagonist. Mm. Um, he's a lot of fun in it. Um, Ken Jong plays a voice. Um, Who's he? The, the baby seal. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, Peter Stormare as a gigantic polar bear is perfect. As he's like playing with the penguins, like oh they're so cute. Like he, <laughs> like Peter Stormare is like a scary dude in like a lot of movies, but it's just like ah he's like such a huggable bear in this. <laughs> Um, it was it was nice. It was a lot of fun. It was a cute thing. Like, yeah, I guess that's the theme of this too. Like, yeah, it's just very light and yeah. cute and enough silly references to be fun for adults to sit through for sure. But also enough bouncing around and color to entertain a child for a while. Like the puns that are happening with names in this movie are too much for me it's what beautiful i that's what i thought you would like it jason i was like oh yeah like the writing of it is ridiculous we're in which um the main villain has like is a squid Mm -hmm. and he has tons of squid henchmen Mm -hmm. and they all have like various names and whatnot but the way that they are said it's like the name of someone else and it's a pun like um kevin bake on and he's a (laughs) chef and he has like a chef hat on and he's like baking something or like drew barry more power like what (laughs) um it's like a lot of fun and so dumb but like the number of like jokes per minute is impressive yeah like you are being assaulted like on a regular basis like joke 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 like physical comedy joke like word pun like Mm -hmm. and it works on like a lot of levels i think i don't think like of the eight-year-old going to see this like picking up everything but like the parent that's bringing them there is going to be entertained by this too um it was not rentable on Amazon, um, but oh, it is no. rentable on other services. Okay. Uh, I was surprised, like, oh, this isn't on Amazon. Um, the more that I rent or go through Amazon's like library, they don't have that much, Mm-mm. or as much as I thought they did. You know what? They have a lot of British shows for old people <laughs> and me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, but other things now for next time. At one point during this conversation, mm-hmm. you probably didn't catch it, but I paused for a second, and it was a pause of fear for realizing that I did not have anything <laughs> to sign you, because I consistently forget. <laughs> it's the crux of this shit. I know, Jason. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just thought of something. Okay. Um, I've got something for you. Okay. Um, this is something I saw many winters ago, mm. but we are in cold times, and this is a movie that like you can, in watching it, feel the cold. Um, okay. And I asked you to watch, I guess, a part of this series like a year or two, a year ago, 
Um, I'll have you watch an earlier part of the series. Um, I if it's you- Cube. It's not Cube. I will murder you. It's a movie that you actually like. Oh, um, good God. Or well, the movie I asked you to watch previously you liked. Uh, Rocky Balboa, I'll have you watch on oh. Hulu. Uh, it is the last film before Creed, before that part of okay. the Rocky continuation happens. But uh, it gives you a bit more context on the character of Rocky and how he gets to Yeah, but it doesn't have Michael is. Jordan shirtless. Not <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, I should say. <laughs> it doesn't have Michael B. Jordan shirtless. <laughs> I am sorry. But you know who does have shirtless? Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. He's Fuck like you, Jason. 65 in this Fuck movie. you. Yeah. You're the worst. You're not my friend. It's fun. It's going to be a good movie. It's actually a good movie. How dare you compare <laughs> shirtless Sylvester Stallone to the god that is Michael B. Jordan? How dare you? Because <laughs> neither does anything for me. That's why. <laughs> Like, oh, hey, go watch Charlize Theron. Now I'm going to watch, make you watch Betty White shirtless. Let's see what that's about. Let's. let's. How, no, no. R.I.P. Betty White. What? She just passed recently. She did? Yeah. What? Oh, fuck. Well, now I feel bad. <laughs> I didn't know that. When did that happen? Like a few weeks back? Unless the internet lied to me. Bullshit, Jason. She's still fucking alive. Damn it. They didn't work this time. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. I was like, there'd still be parades if that poor woman had died. Uh, first, you set me up with this movie, and now you're telling me lies about American treasure, Betty White. Which I'll never lie to you about. You're going to hell. Donnie Osmond. I never lie to you about him. Yeah, you better not. I do to him. I right. will. <laughs> I will shine you and just haunt you for the rest of your days <laughs> if you don't do this for me fair enough um i just thought of something f- by looking at my bookshelf <laughs> uh out of desperation mm-hmm. um a movie that i i think it was on netflix someone produced it um i don't think you saw it. the girl with all the gifts i did not see girl with all the gifts that's what you're watching my friend okay Uh, I read the book, um, and I love. Do you know what it's about? I do. You did. Uh, you did a me and explain what happens in it, but like, oh not, no, I don't know what happens as far as like you know the end of it. Like, you just told me like the basic premise. Okay. The post apocalypse is a young girl that's also a werewolf. Nope. Well, shit. I guess I'm totally wrong <laughs> on that one. Like I saw her with a muzzle in the trailer. You like, were so confident. <laughs> I really thought that was the case. I guess not. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's a girl that's I know, and she's got some gifts. Could one of the gifts be that she's a werewolf? We'll find out. It was just like the neck swivel that of confidence that went with you saying werewolf. Or some kind of lycanthrope. I just thought that was the case. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> that made my day. Are her gifts dark materials? We'll find oh, out. Oh, God. If it's a golden goddamn <laughs> compass, I'm turning it off. Oh, so disappointed. <laughs> okay. All right. We've got like our that stuff. That was a long ep. Potentially. Yeah, not bad. Um, right. In standard length, maybe. For the one person still listening, it's probably me <laughs> 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 listening back to this. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks. Uh, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.